0: Hi everyone, I hope you're enjoying this beautiful Wellington weather We're looking tonight at the marriage covenant between Christ and His church part 2 And we're going to look at the great mystery You know, Paul said in Ephesians 5.32 that this is a great mystery This is one of the, if not the greatest mystery in the kingdom of God Is the mystery of the marriage covenant between Christ and His church He said, I'm not predominantly talking about a man and a woman. I'm talking about Christ and his church and how the father is looking for a bride for his son throughout the entire generations. And this is the context to which all the scriptures are written in. And yet it's a mystery. And mysteries need to be revealed because they're concealed until they are revealed. And I must admit, I had no concept of the marriage covenant between Christ and its church until 2008, and I committed my life to Christ in 1997, but I wasn't taught when I invited Christ or made Christ my Lord and Savior that I'd been invited to my own wedding. I was not taught this by the body. This is something that I've come to discover through a friend of mine and purely through the Holy Spirit showing and teaching me this marriage covenant between Christ and his church, even though it has been written in the scriptures and has been there this whole time. It needed to be revealed. It needed to go from being concealed to revealed. That's what makes it a great mystery. And I'm fully aware that many other people in the body of Christ don't have a revelation of this great mystery. Sure, like me, you may have read about the bride. You may have read about certain things. You may have even been taught that everyone is the bride of Christ. I now don't believe that to be true from Scripture and seeing and as the Holy Spirit opens up and reveals things, You get to see those who are becoming the bride are making themselves ready. Everyone is betrothed, everyone is invited to be the bride, but not everyone will, because not everyone lives a faithful and obedient life, fulfilling the will of God. A lot of people live themselves, they live their own lives, they satisfy self and they incorporate Jesus into their life. And we're gonna unpack some scriptures tonight in this resource that are going to look at some deep issues that are going to challenge the heart and challenge our position as to whether we really understand this marriage covenant and if we're in it living for it keeping the commandment because we understand the commandment is the first instruction in the marriage covenant, and to not be able to keep the commandment is to be able to be breaking the commandment, which is to break our covenant, which makes us as a spiritual adulteress to the relationship with Jesus Himself. And so, I want to unpack this because Matthew 3:11 says that we've been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven—not just one mystery, mysteries, but the great mystery. As I've been saying, is between Christ and his church. If we don't get this mystery down. Then we'll be out of alignment, really, to all the other contexts of the other mysteries. So we'll walk in this faithful and obedient way. So 2 Corinthians 11, 1 to 6. If you've got your scriptures, can I encourage you to turn there now as we go through this? Because we're going to unpack it line by line. Once again, this is Paul. Paul was not married physically. But he was the one entrusted to teach this marriage covenant. He says in verse 1, I wish that you would bear with me in a little foolishness, but indeed you are bearing with me. Now, why would Paul have to appeal to the Corinthians to bear with him in a little foolishness? Because he knew what he was about to say was going to appear foolish. He knew what he was about to testify to in this covenant of marriage that people might think, what are you talking about, Paul? Have you lost your mind? Have you lost your marbles? So he was appealing to the Corinthians because the Bible says the cross is foolishness and a stumbling block. It's a stumbling block to the Jew. It's foolishness to the Gentile or the Greek. So Paul knew his audience and he's saying, guys, would you bear with me in a little foolishness as you are because what i'm about to say might sound a little bit crazy and i've found when i've been sharing this with people people look at you a little bit cross-eyed like what are you going on about a marriage covenant between christ and his church and it's a great mystery oh no that's just that's not real that's just uh, allegory or that's just made up no it's it's for real and it's a very real thing there's a very real reality to this that christ and the father is looking for a bride for his son and always has been throughout the generations verse 2 for i'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy for i betrothed you to one husband so that to christ i might present you as a pure virgin i'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy this is a good jealousy this is a godly jealousy the bible says that god is a jealous god and he'll share his glory with no one and paul had this love in him he had this position of care and concern for the corinthians he was jealous with a godly jealousy that they would come to know and come into all that god had for them because as we see later on in the verses He says you easily, he says you beautifully receive another gospel and another spirit. So he is really concerned that the Corinthians are missing the entire point for why they were given life and why they were chosen. And I too carry the same concern for the body of Christ that many, and I know many Christians, don't have this revelation and they are oblivious to it and it is still concealed from them. And so what they think the main thing is, isn't. And Paul shares this concern. He said, I am so jealous that you would come to know the reality to which you were called. He said, you've been called, he said, I betrothed you to a one husband. Who's this husband? It's not a natural husband. And as we looked at last week, the word betrothed means to join together, to make us one to fit not to two but to one so he's betrothing you to one husband the husband is christ so that to christ i might present you as a pure virgin one that has never been with the world one that's never been tainted by the world for 29 years i was tainted the world was in me and god has been doing a work over the last 24 years to clean up the house to get all 11 out of the house And get the right mindsets in place As I said I didn't have this revelation He wants to take people who have been in And the world has been in them And make them pure virgins That they've never been with the world Spotless, blameless And Paul says I want to present you on that day To your groom Where you'll be radiant Because the glory that was in him Will be in you Because you're called to be his co-heir His equal and the bride will be his co-heir and his equal. She will not be immature. And this is why I suggest to you and what I firmly believe is why not everyone will be the bride of Christ. Because not everyone grows into the full stature of Christ within them who enter into the process of sanctification. Which is our bridal preparation to work out our salvation with the Holy Spirit and truth. This is why it's so important. And so Paul says, I'm jealous of to present you, to betroth you to one Christ, one husband, and that is Jesus Christ. And it shines light into 1 Corinthians 7, where Paul talks about marriage. And he talks about how if we get married to a person, be be it's okay. But he says, you know, you can so easily uh, get distracted. You can so easy, easily make your husband or your wife your number one. And you're more concerned about their interests than the interests of christ he says i want you to be free from concern he said one who is unmarried is concerned about the things of the lord how he may please the lord but one who is married is concerned about the things of the world and how he might please his wife and his interests are divided then he says the same things to the wives and then he says this i say this to your own benefit not to put a restraint upon you But to promote what is appropriate and to secure undistracted devotion to the Lord. Wow. Undistracted devotion to the Lord. Why? Because he's your groom. He's the one you're going to marry. Do you have an undistracted devotion to the Lord because you're in a marriage covenant with God? And this leads us into verse 3 from 2 Corinthians 11. Paul says, I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and the purity of a devotion to a Christ. Once again, Paul gives us a warning. Once again, he is appealing to us from a godly jealousy perspective going, Guys, I am afraid. There's something I'm carrying, a concern for you. He says that you have been led astray As Eve was in the garden. Paul compares the fall of man with how people are being led astray from this purity, simplicity of a devotion to Christ because you're in a marriage covenant with the Christ. He's saying you've been led astray as Eve was from the simplicity in your minds of what this entire thing is about a devoted life to Christ not being married and being devoted to another human. You can be married, but you're undistracted. Your devotion to Christ is undivided. You're being fit. You're being betrothed to one in him because this is the great mystery that he wants to reveal. And Paul is making his appeal to the Corinthians. And I make my appeal to you that you would hear these words and these words would pierce your heart and your mind and you would be awakened to the reality of this is you. If you've been led astray by the adversary in your mind from what it's really about, and I mean really about having a revelation, not information, but a revelation of the bride of Christ, your calling, so in your life is living that in an alignment to the commandment, then if it's not, you need to find this place of repentance and on your knees and ask the Holy Spirit to show you because you're missing out on things. And it also brings us into light as to why Jesus would say these words in Matthew ten thirty seven, when he says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And if you live your own life more than me, you're not worthy of me. So here's the question. Have you ever asked yourself why the enemy would want to lead you astray from this reality? And why is Jesus asking you or telling you if you love yourself or another person more than me? You're not worthy. What are you not worthy of? You're not worthy of the great mystery between the marriage covenant between Christ and his church because you love yourself or you loved others more than you loved him. You are breaking that covenant. But here's the thing. Most people don't even realize they do it. Most people are blinded to the reality of what they're doing. And that's why it's the Holy Spirit that has to show us through revelation so we can repent from revelation of how we've actually been living. And this is a question that I would encourage you to ask yourself. Why is it that the demonic would want to lead the church astray from the simplicity and a purity of a devoted life to Christ? Because he knows the life that sits behind this great mystery is going to change the church will make her radiant, spotless, blameless, on fire for her Lord Jesus Christ. Letting go of her own life and living purely for him, doing his will. In verse 4, Paul says this, another concern from Paul. He says, for if one comes and preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or you receive a different spirit which you have not received, Or a different gospel which you have not accepted. He says you beautifully accept that. This happens more than what we even think it does. And it happens now. Someone comes along and they're persuasive with words. And we easily, beautifully accept. We are led astray. We go, oh, this is foolishness. What a load of rubbish. No, certainly it's about A or B or C or D. No, it's about a marriage covenant, the great mystery. And someone comes along with persuasive words and they sound great with three-point messages and a nice clip, whatever. And you beautifully are led astray because you beautifully receive maybe another spirit, another gospel, another Jesus. And you are robbed of this devoted life unto the Christ. And of course, we don't even realize this is happening. We have no idea this is going on within us. And what and how we're actually living, but our lives clearly demonstrate whether we have other lovers or not, other priorities, other passions or not. We need to take this serious. Verse 5: For I consider myself not in the least inferior to the most eminent apostles. Many believers call Paul a false apostle. Why would that be the case? Why would you why would a believer call Paul a false apostle? Because They didn't believe what he was bringing. Same things happen today as well. In verse 6, But even if I am unskilled in speech, ye are not so in knowledge. In fact, in every way we have made this evident to you. Paul was in labor. He was in labor until the church was made complete that she would be betrothed. He had a living knowledge. The Bible says God's people perish for a lack of knowledge. Living knowledge, not informational knowledge, not logos, rhema, living knowledge. The word of God revealed in us, which enables us and changes us and has us living completely different. And Paul said, look, I might be unskilled in speech, but what I'm not, he said, I have living knowledge. And I know that this marriage covenant is the great mystery the church needs to have revealed in her so she'll able and be able to live a life and empowered from the revelation of this to be obedient and faithful to her marriage covenant that she wouldn't have other lovers she wouldn't have other idols she wouldn't have other priorities or passions but she would only have him and her relationship would be undistracted undivided it would be pure and it would be devoted unto her groom Jesus is returning for a mature bride. He's not going to marry a two-year-old. Not everyone will be the bride of Christ because not everybody grows into the fullness. Not everybody enters into sanctification. Some are just happy with being justified by blood, knowing that they're going to heaven and not hell but others aren't. Others want more. And Paul was one who wanted more. And he fought for the church. He's fought for you and I, that you would understand. He's appealing to you and I, that you would get on your knees and you would cry out for a revelation of the great mystery between the covenant, between Christ and the church. I'm telling you, it changed me. It'll change you. And it'll have you radically living the single-minded, single pursuit Of Christ and Christ alone. And all other lovers will fade away. He will become your all. He will become your source and your resource. He will be the air you breathe. You will no longer have incorporated him. He will come your life and you will come alive. Because you will have awakened to the context of why you've been created. To be in a marriage relationship covenant with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So I hope this challenges you. Hope it encourages you. I pray you would find this mystery alive within you. Take care.